not exactly the way you want that series to end. Um, you know, it started out looking very promising. Two games to none in the first half of the series. Last two games do not go the way that uh, that Yankees fans wanted. And um, it, it was rough. I'm going to try to um, be as rational and, and be as reasonable and calm as I can. Because it is a few good hours now past the uh, the final game of the set here on Sunday, the 23rd. Or the 29th, sorry. Um, so I'm going to try, you know, hopefully I've cooled off enough to where I can have a rational take. You know, because if you follow me on social media, during the games, I will blurt shit out in the heat of it. And sometimes it's not always the most rational. But if you come here to the podcast and you follow what I got to say, 90% of the time, I'm pretty reasonable here. If you just try to understand me. Alright, so rough series for the Yanks. Um... But hey, we'll talk about it. Let's get into it. Episode 334. Episode 374. Let's get into it. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. everybody welcome back to the podcast welcome to bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis we also do mma now too yankees every series knicks every game mma on the weekends episode 374 of the podcast it is sunday may 29th as i am recording should be either late sunday the 29th as you're listening to this or most likely Monday, the 30th of May. So, you know, if you are new here, um, first off, like I said, we do Yanks episodes every series. But for the four game sets, um, you know, most of them we're going to split in half. So we'll have a mid-series episode where we discuss the first two games. And then we'll have a post-series episode where we go over the final two games and everything overall. That's only for the four-game series. For the other normal traditional three-game sets and the two-game sets, those will just be, you know, we'll wait for the post-series episodes. But sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes for the four-game series, we like to split those up. So that's what we're doing in this one. So if you haven't checked out 373, where we discussed the two wins in this Tampa Bay series um, at the Trop, check out 373 but this will be episode 374 yanks rays um unfortunately the latter two games went completely different than the former um 
two games went. You know, whatever. Uh, just like I say, anytime you go through a rough series or, or a mediocre series, got to bounce back with the big one next time out. So hopefully this three-game set, the Yankees can sweep the Angels. That'd be nice. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into it all. Uh, we're going to start off with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Then from there, we'll go to break, get into the episode, the thick of things, talk about the series, and then we'll wrap it up with a new segment of the show called Who Am I? All right. So let's head to a quick break really briefly here, and then we'll get to our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Actually, you know what? Let's go right into the question. Let's just get to the question, and then we'll head to break from there. All right, so welcome back to the show for episode 374 here on BD4. Our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, in 2012, which 40-year-old Yankee hit 19 home runs in 130 games played? All right, in 2012, which 40-year-old Yankee hit 19 home runs in 130 games played. Alright, so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. Any platform you can. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. If you get it incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I will let you know what the answer is in the next episode. Alright, so one last time. Our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 374. In 2012, which 40-year-old Yankee hit 19 home runs in 130 games played? Alright, so let's head to a quick break and we'll dive right into the show. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. All right, welcome back to BD4. You are listening to episode 374 of the podcast here. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Uh, guys, if you're new here to the show, be sure to subscribe on the many platforms. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently a five-star podcast, so we would like to keep it that way. So if you want, be sure to do that. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms to listen to and download these episodes on. Be sure to do that. 
This way, when you're on the run, you can listen to us no problem without using your data. Um, because I've had that problem before. Um, you can also watch the podcast. There are video versions available on YouTube and Spotify. So be sure to do that if you feel and subscribe to us on YouTube. All right. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, I'm on RJ Carbone on Facebook. That's r.j.carbone on Facebook. And I'm at Rob J Carbone on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. And lastly, I write a blog called the ultimate. Oh, I'm sorry. I write a blog, which is on ultimate sports networks.com. So if you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and you put into the search bar the Bomber Bocker blog or my name, either or, you'll find my blog, the Bomber Bocker blog, where I write content on the Yankees index. So go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com, search the Bomber Bocker blog and subscribe using promo code 6A2841ERJC. This way you get 10% off everything. So, with that all out of the way, the nonsense out of the way and gone, let's talk about this nonsensical final two games of the series. <laughs> um, so, a few days ago, the Yankees took on the Rays for game three of the set. This was on Saturday, um, and they lost three to one. Uh, DJ LeMayu back in the lineup on Saturday. Uh, Aaron Hicks back in there. He got a pinch hit appearance later in the game. But, um, yeah, you know, real quick, in these final two games, man, I, I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of problems with Aaron Boone. I had a lot of problems with, of course, the lineup, uh, with the way they've been not going. Um, and I've had a lot of problems with the bullpen. The starting pitching remains phenomenal, as it's been consistent all year. But I did have some problems with Boone, the lineup, and the pen. Um, but DJ was back for game one. I'm sorry, game three of the series. Um... Cole was on the mound, but the Yankees lose. They lose their second consecutive Cole game, 3-1. to one. Um, Top of the first, they did crack first. They, they got one run. Um, it looked like they were on to Kluber, too. Labor Torres picked up a hit. DJ let off the game with a double. Uh, was it Torres? I know DJ picked up a double to lead off the game, but they looked like they were on Kluber. They were hitting it hard. But they only get a run off of a, uh, a Rizzo sack fly. And Kluber ends up going six innings of one run ball. Um, in the bottom of the six, the Tampa Bay Rays tie the game off of Garrett Cole. A Rosarina slaps an RBI single, and it's one-to-one -one after six. We'll get to the specifics of the sixth inning in a second. Because some things happened that fans aren't happy about, and Cole wasn't happy about. And I understand it. Uh, but um, bottom of the seventh comes... The Yankee bullpen, just mediocre once again. Journeyman Litke is hit around. He leaves the game for Michael King with first and third and two outs. King surrenders an RBI infield dribbler uh, to Diaz. It's 2-1 to one Tampa Bay. I guess, I guess this is where I'll get into it. My issue was, it was like, why King now? Why not King before? Why do you go to King after Litke? That was where I had my problem. And obviously, the thought process from the Yankee side was, well, matchups. We want Litke for the lefty-on-lefty -lefty matchup. 
So that's where I draw the line with that whole matchup thing. Because if you're asking me if it's Lucas Litke on a lefty, or if I want to go Michael King, a right-handed pitcher, on a lefty, I am still going Michael King. Why am I going Michael King? Well, because Michael King has been great. Lucas Litke has been not great. That is where I draw my line. King is your only very good reliever outside Clay Holmes, who is now a closer and wasn't available anyway. So why why obsess with the lefty on lefty to that degree to where you're throwing, willing to throw in a journeyman pitcher in a crucial spot and then you're going to King anyway with guys on base? And then you got another instance. You got another instance of this matchup crap in the bottom half of the inning, or I'm sorry, in the uh, in the top half of the eighth inning, where the Yankees were at bat. So you had IKF, Isaiah Connor Falefa, maybe one of the few times I've said that kid's name correctly too. Slap it a two out base hit, gets on first base. So Aaron Boone. With Jose Trevino due up, says, hey, Jose, we're going to sit you down. Let's call up Aaron Hicks to pinch hit. Because he wants the righty on lefty matchup. <laughs> and again, that is where I draw the line. You're asking Aaron Hicks. Hicks, who is dead cold off the bench. Hadn't had an at-bat in a few games at the time because of the injury. Betting maybe a buck thirty since his hot streak at the end of April. Who is somehow even more dreadful when there are runners on base. That guy. He gets selected to hit over Jose Trevino. Who has collected maybe four times the amount of clutch hits in the last two weeks. Than Hicks has had all year. That's your decision because you want the righty on lefty. So while this loss in game one is definitely on the lineup for not getting the job done. And while parts of it is on Cole in that sixth inning, I'm going to get to that. Relax. Cause I do think he takes some blame. Aaron Boone deserves a crap ton of fla uh, flack as well. And don't start with the excuses, injuries, injuries, injuries. DJ LeMay is healthy. Aaron judge is healthy. Anthony Rizzo is healthy. Those are your three essentials at the moment. Until you get fully healthy. They did nothing. Zero after the first inning. So the Yankees end up, yes, losing 3-1. to one As Michael King got slapped around again in the 8th inning. While he continues to crash hard down to earth. Maybe his DL stint is up next now. I'm not wishing injuries. But I'm saying, you know, following trend. Chapman gets banged up. Or gets hit around. Then he goes to the DL. Lasagna gets hit around, then he goes to the deal. But, yeah, I mean, two very pathetic, unfortunate, abominable mistakes, in my opinion, by Aaron Boone in this Game 3, aided Tampa Bay to that victory. Now, that, that sixth inning is definitely getting some attention, and I want to get to that. I want to talk about the sixth inning when we get back from break. Stay with us. Hey, guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode, but first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for 
is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841 ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 374 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Uh, I'm going to do this this next few minutes uh, no, without without video. Just these next few minutes because it's getting a little... Like the video settings are getting a little choppy. Um, Obviously, if you're listening, obviously it don't matter. Now that sixth inning is getting a lot of attention in the third game of the set. Obviously, because of the whole thing with Gary Cole and the fucking umps. I so the ball four to G Man Choi, you know, was called by home plate umpire. Um, I forget who it was, but it was the home plate umpire who calls a ball four. Yankees fans, Cole, the Yankees, uh, the Yankees thought that was a strike. I'm going to try to be really straightforward and simple and to the point here. Because that's how I like to be. We have got to stop expecting umpires to be perfect. Just because you have the ability to see the automatic strike zone on TV. To see the analytics live. Stop. Doesn't mean that these umpires aren't human, aren't allowed to make mistakes. These are humans. And that's how this beautiful game or this once beautiful game of baseball works. Humans making mistakes. Also, are we going to completely toss aside forgetting about the other three balls in the count to Troy? Because they weren't close to the zone. Go back and watch. Or how about the four consecutive balls to Wander Franco, the very next batter. Where at least two, maybe three of those pitches were way outside the zone too. Also, if you remember a few innings before that, the home plate umpire literally gave Cole an outside pitch to Troy for strike three. He got one. So get out of here with that shit. Stop using that as your drive home point to advocate for this robot umpire. Put some things into perspective because we literally live in a generation where everybody wants everything to be perfect and hand it to them the way they want it. We've 
got to stop with that. Except the fact that it's baseball. Baseball. Not pinball. Not a video game. But real life baseball with human beings and not robots. That's how this works. This is how it works. Welcome to baseball. Humans will always be a thing. That's how sports work. Now in the end, it was a solid outing for Cole. Six innings pitched, two hits allowed, one run, three walks, ten strikeouts, no home runs allowed. He labored early once again in the first inning, which has kind of become a trend for him. But he worked through it and put together another strong outing. Now six. I think it's six. Yeah. Sorry. Six of his last seven starts have been quality starts now. Since the 24th against Cleveland. April 24th. The bats were dreadful once again. Just one run on four hits, no walks, a double play hit into, a sack fly, nine strikeouts, one for one in scoring position because they couldn't even get to second base. One left on base. After the first inning, it was it was brutal. I mean, you had, I think it was just two hits the rest of the way. You had IKF getting a hit in the eighth inning, and there was another hit somewhere in there. But... Yeah, I'm not blaming this game wholeheartedly on the umpire. I'm giving Boone a lot of shit for two poor decisions, and I'm giving the lineup a lot of shit for continuing excuse me, for continuing to be as horse shit as they have been. Okay. So that's that with the third game of the set. Um, I actually forgot to put the featured position players into this series you know how we usually have two featured players and then one featured starting pitcher I forgot to to uh, put the two featured position players but you know what it might be a good thing because I don't even know who I'd give it to the offense was so awful whoever I gave it to it wouldn't look pretty anyway so maybe nobody deserves it we do have a featured starting pitcher though I think let's see if I made a graphic for that did I I did it was Jamison Tyone Tyone pitched in game two of the series. And he went eight innings, no runs, five strikeouts, no walks. He's allowed two runs or less in eight of his nine starts this year. He looks great. Only threw 93 pitches. Could have went back out for the ninth. Would have liked to see it, but they had Clay Holmes. No, no, no issue legitimately with that. If you want to hear more about my take on Tyone's performance in Game 2, check out Episode 373, which was before this one, where we went over the first two games of the set. Let's talk about the final game of the series when we get back from break. Stay with us. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram, 
at Rob J. Carbone. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 374 of BD4. So, I mean, it was it was brutal to sit through this one, too. The Yankees ended up losing. They ended up losing again. This one was 4-2. 4-2 loss on Sunday here. It was Luis Severino. Luis Severino going up against McClanahan. Hopefully I said that correctly. He's a good pitcher. Top of the second, though, the Yankees do get a run. Glaber Torres pulls another home run. Blasts this one. He's got three hits in this game. Pulls one out to tie the game. Or, I'm sorry, to, uh, to put the Yanks up one nothing. But he tied his last season home run total with nine. That was cool. Bottom of the second, Severino fails to get the shutdown inning. You all know I love that. Allows a homer to G-Man Choi. Solo shot ties it up at one. Bottom of the fifth, Sevy lets up another bomb. This one to new fan favorite Taylor Walls. 2-1 Tampa. Let's talk about the bottom of the seventh because this is where Severino... Puts the first two runners on base. Then he gets a strikeout. <clears throat> but from there, he's pulled for one of the Yankees' lower-tier bullpen arms. <clears throat> it's not Wandy Peralta. It's not Clark Schmidt, who I prefer. Not Castro, who I wouldn't prefer. But I wanted Clark Schmidt or Peralta in there. You know, guys who you are used to pitching. Guys who have talent uh, in Schmidt. Guys who... Who has a guy who has pitched well so far on Peralta, but instead of going to one of his regulars, Boone opts to go to an unproven, pretty bad so far rookie in Ron Marinaccio. I like Marinaccio, he's a Jersey kid. I wish him the best, but so far he's not been good. And why do you go to an unproven, inexperienced rookie in this spot? It's a 2-1 ball game, a crucial part of the game in the bottom of the seventh. Two runners on base, one out. Not Schmidt, not Peralta, not any of your regulars, but you go to Ron Marinaccio. A guy who doesn't pitch much because he's a lower tier last option. 
Remind you, the Yankees have the off day tomorrow. But no, let's go to a C-grade pitcher and not even give him a clean inning either. Let's throw him out there with Ducks already on the pond. And yet two outs still to get. So Marinaccio comes in and he does the... the um, Kind of like the uh, the cardinal sin of what you're supposed to do as a reliever. With traffic already on the bases, he works. He walks the first batter he sees on five pitches. He walks the very next batter with the bases loaded to score a run. Tampa's up 3-1. Then he hits Zunito on the first pitch, the very next at-bat. It's 4-1. Can't have that happen. The Yankees make the play at home. Tampa tries to challenge. It's upheld. Eventually get out of the inning. The top of the eighth, they do get the meaningless run when Judge goes yard for his 18th of the season off of Poch. Poch. It's 4-2, but that'd be it. So, yeah, Boone. A pathetic, awful, disgraceful job by him this weekend. Um, just a rough, rough couple games. Uh, but the Yankee Bats, mainly to blame. They mainly lost this game as well, as they usually do. When the Yankees lose, it's usually their lineup not coming through. <clears throat> the Rays had two hits. They scored four runs off of two hits. The Yankees had nine hits. They scored two runs. And there are some problems right now in this Yankees lineup. There are some big-time problems, and I want to talk about these big-time problems when we get back from break, stay with us. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount, $7.99 a month, to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 374 of BD4. Now, I apologize for those last few minutes here. If you're watching the podcast, I did not have the highlight clips up for game four. It was kind of just a blank white square space there. Um, so I apologize for that. I, I just didn't have the time to do that. I was in a rush, as you could tell today. 
Um, by the way, yo, the, this this game seven is nuts. This whole uh, Boston, Miami, uh, yeah, Boston Miami playoff series, this NBA playoff series with Boston and Miami here has been a hell of a series so far. And if you are one to not believe in clutch in sports, I advise you to check out some highlights of of Jimmy Butler during this Eastern Conference Finals. Because it's pretty fucking good. It's been pretty clutch. Anyway, um, I, the Yankees have some issues right now with their offense. With their lineup, there are a few problems. Okay? Um, and I hate to harp on certain guys continuously, but you gotta say what's true. And right now, um, in my opinion, he now he this this player I'm about to talk about is in no way the problem of the team. He's in no way the biggest problem, but what he is is one of the bigger important pieces. And although he's not been the worst problem, as one of the more important pieces, he needs to be at his best, and he's not right now. And that's DJ LeMayu. Now I'm gonna give him a few more games because he's coming back from the injury, and maybe that's what affected him in May, where he's hit up and down or mostly down, but he's got to get going at some point, man. I, I I love DJ. He's very fun to watch when he's on, but to say that he's been the same in these past couple years would be a complete mistake. Everything seems to be like, I don't have the analytics in front of me, but I'm sure if you checked it, I feel like it would tell you everything is on the ground again with him. And it's just, there's just nothing there. He's just not getting the hits consistently. He's down, like, like he's way too important to this lineup for him to be batting, I don't know, a smidge over 250 right now. His OPS is barely over 700. So if you look at that stat, it's not very good. He was supposed, like, this is the guy who, we signed him because he was supposed to be their 300 hitter, Right? And if you like OPS, 800 OPS guy. He was supposed to be their 300 hitter, their contact hitter. The guy who goes up there and is an automatic 2 for 4 every game at worst. Right? Now, I'm not expecting him to hit like he did his first two years. But to say, you know, is it crazy to want him to bat 290 to 300 with an OPS, you know, 750 to 800? Like, I was expecting him to at least be very good again or good, you know. He's had a rough month now he had a good start to the year but they need that they need him to be at his peak because you know of the way this lineup is constructed or guys like him contact 300 hitting bats are that more important in lineups like this you know I was saying in a, on some comment thread and somebody goes well, he's had a double yesterday and he had a base hit today since he came back. And I'm like, I didn't respond, but I'm like, damn, man. You remember when going two for eight in a two-game stretch was considered a bad two games for LeMayu and not a positive? <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying. So he goes off in 2019 as a spectacular year, has an even better year in the fake COVID season 2020 for 50 some games. But since then, you know, signs the contract and unfortunately he has never been a shell of himself since. And he's not one of those guys who does it for the money. He doesn't seem like that. But 
I don't know. Maybe you blame the juice balls if you're some analytics geek. Uh, maybe you blame the injuries if you're uh, on that side of it. I just blame it on him. Maybe he's just not that good. Because I, I, I did dig into his year to years. You know, I, I he's had a couple elite seasons in there over his career. He's had a couple of good seasons in there over his career. And he's also had a couple of below average seasons over the course of his career. So maybe he's just not that good. Maybe if he has a good season, it's not shocking and turns it around. But also if he has another subpar season, that's also not shocking. You know, he's had a very up and down mixed bag resume. Like, it's not crazy to see him have an off year. So maybe he's just not that good. But again, if he turns it around, wouldn't be shocked because he's had some good years too. So he's an important piece to me. DJ LeMayu. The Yankees need DJ LeMayu to start hitting again. He's the leadoff catalyst at the top of the lineup. You start every inning with a base hit. Get a man on first for Judge coming up. Perfect. Need to get more of that. Need that guy who is an automatic RBI with runners in scoring position. Need him again. Nowhere to be seen the entire month. Gotta get back to that. I also think Anthony Rizzo is an essential here. You looked so good in April, man. But man, we're refooled. Huh? Cause he's been pretty bad for a month now. Dreadful at times. Decent in others. But for the most part, he's not been great. In May, as well. Now, I, I thought he'd regress to some degree after how hot he was. Hitting three home runs a game and, you know, flirt with triple crown numbers and shit. But this much... Like, he was at least... a supposed to be a guy who can provide a spark right he's not even providing many sparks right now he's supposed to be their RBI guy who comes through big spots the best we get it seems to be a sack fly or maybe he draws a walk or gets hit by a pitch he's still playing good first base you have to appreciate that you can't forget about that because so many people do but he does have to start hitting because he's down to 215, I think. It's It's got to be better. The OPS is dropping every game. And of course, um, as far as the lineup goes, our last few problems here, I put these guys in one category. There's one thing is is our guys Joey Gallo and 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 um, and Aaron Hicks. Just, I don't know, like, they're just garbage. Like, they're flat-out, vile, repulsive, piece of crap baseball players. They are. They're not good baseball players. They're not good, sorry, they're not good Major League Baseball players. Not this year. I kind of love it, because it's like an FU to the analytics lords. You know, they were all over these guys for so long. Walks, homers, walks, homers, walks, homers. 
future outcome. But they've been nothing but unclutch, low batting average guys, strikeout prone guys, who never come through in any moment ever. Oh, and they both are pretty, pretty underwhelming in the outfield, by the way. They gotta go. You cannot expect to be a team that's gonna compete for a World Series, as you say, Cashman, and continue to go forward with both of these guys in your lineup. That can't happen on your roster. That can happen. Figure it the hell out if you're Cashman, if you're Boone. Figure it out. Call it as it is. This did not work with them two. The experiment unfortunately failed. Now adjust. Go forward and fix it. Because this lineup, it's structured way too much around the home run. They, they strike out too much. They are way too hot and cold. And that will never work in October. And how many seasons in a row has it had that same structure? But six, seven, maybe more? I don't even care about the numbers, too, lately. You know, they're scoring like three runs a game over the past nine or something like that. I don't care about that because... At the end of the day, the offensive numbers will be there at the end of the regular season. They're going to lead. The, they're going to be top, you know, seven in, in all these categories, top five, because they'll have their because they'll beat up on on bad pitching, right? They beat up on on subpar pitching staffs, and that's great. That's great that they do that now. But at the end of the day, you're not always going to get Baltimore to have your fun on. You're not always going to get Dallas Keuchel to have your fun on. Boston to have your fun. Like, you're going to have pitching staffs like the Tampa Bay Rays. You're going to have to be good pitching. Eventually, you're going to have to hit good pitching. And we always see this Yankees lineup struggles with that. They struggle with that. So I say, ditch the idea that batting average doesn't matter. Ditch the idea that strikeouts are just ordinary outs. And maybe start structuring your lineup with more guys who can put the bat on the ball. Because you do have a fair amount of those guys in there, to be honest. You've got DJ, who's a contact hitter. You've got Torres, who's a contact hitter. You've got Falefel. <laughs> Falefa, who's a contact hitter. Rizzo, who can make contact. Like You've got guys who can put the bat on the ball, but you also have egregious Guys like Gallo and Hicks just being two completely black holes in that lineup. And they're both. They're both strikeout prone and they're both sub-Mendoza line hitters at the moment. So, you can't go forward with two of those guys. You cannot do that and expect to be a title contender. I'm sorry. And lastly... One of my big frustrations over the last, well, really honestly for a bit now, has been the bullpen. Listen, I've never, even when they were thriving at their best, I've never been a big fan of this bullpen. You know this. Even when they were pitching well. Like, even when they were healthy, I still didn't love it. 
because I think there are two guys in the bullpen where you can truly trust. But outside Clay Holmes and Michael King, who, again, has been crashing lately, there's nobody else that's really close to those two. Marinaccio, not great. Litke, journeyman, average, mediocre, probably worse. Peralta, journeyman. He's okay right now, but he'll probably regress at some point. He's not going to pitch to a sub two. Not going to pitch to a sub three. Look at his resume. It doesn't say that. Guys are who they are most times, especially if he's older now. Castro's okay, but you can't trust him in tight games. Schmidt, I like him, but he's not really used enough. And if I'm missing anybody else, it's probably because they suck too. Um, but it's just I don't I don't know. Now with all the injuries on top of that, I don't know if you wait to the deadline, but you need outfield help and you need some help in the bullpen. Because the pitching staff cannot do everything. So, you know, the Yankees are barely five hundred in their last 10, 11 games. Failing to win a couple series recently. And it's not a shocker that it comes against better teams like Chicago and Tampa Bay. Boston has even been playing better baseball lately. Better than the Yankees for a little bit now. They're coming. Got to be careful. Can't just rest on our laurels. Make these changes because we cannot keep going forward with two garbage bag dumpster juice players and Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks. Now, there are some positives right now. Glaber Torres looks good. Miguel Cabrera, uh, Cabrera. Miguel Andujar looks good. Aaron Judge and, again, the starting pitching staff. Starters have been great. Can't complain, obviously, there. Giving us length. Sevy was fine today. Six and a third. One run before the... Uh, the bullpen scraps came in and, and made it four. Judge, you know, he's some for a couple games, but he hit the home run. Excuse me, earlier today. Um, can't carry you all year. Got to get some help in there. Miggy, looks good, man. Miggy's hitting the ball hard. His average is up to 286. He's fighting for an everyday spot, even when everybody gets back. Glaber. The power is back with Glaber, man. He's already got nine home runs. He'll probably end the season if he stays healthy and continues this pace with 20-something. Just needs a little more consistency with the approach, right? Start, and hit, start hitting at a higher clip as one of the few contact hitters on the team. And maybe you can get up there over 260 or something like that. OPS maybe creep up to the 800s. So there are some positives. That's great. But man, are there some negatives. DJ's got to be on his game. Rizzo's got to get back on his game. Gallo and Hicks, not even going to say they have to get on their games. They got to go. Go. And we just got to keep getting healthy. Got a new segment to the show, guys. We'll talk about it when we get back. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. 
You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2. 841-ERJC 682-841-ERJC Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab searching the Bomber Bocker blog and there you have it. So a new segment of the show called Who Am I? Where I will list or I will describe one either current or former Yankee from the past who has played or is playing for the Yankees and you're going to have to guess who it is. And you're going to have to, your clues are going to be the other teams that this player has played for. All right, so I haven't gotten all the soundtracks all set up yet, so we're going to work on that, but our first segment here of Who Am I for episode 374, I'm going to list the teams he's played for and what years they play that he played for, and then I'm going to give you a minute to figure it out. We'll start the timer, and then after that, I'm going to read you the answer live. So you're actually going to get the answer live on this one. Unlike the question of the day. So, for rep 374, who am I? Played for Oakland from 2004 to 2007 to start my career. Then I went to the White Sox in 2008. Then I played for the Yankees from 2009 to 2012. Then I went to the Cleveland Indians. It was the Indians back then. From 2013 to 2015. And then I finished my career with the Atlanta Braves in 2015. Who am I? We're starting the counter right now. Go. And 
and we're out of time. As you can see on this screen, if you are watching the podcast, the answer to this episode's Who Am I is Nick Swisher. Yes, yes, Nick Swisher, who played for the Oakland A's from 04 to 07, the Chicago White Sox in 08, the Yankees from 09 to 012, the Indians from 2013 to 2015, wrapping up with his uh, with his career with the Braves in 2015. Nick Swisher is the answer to our first Who Am I segment. But guys, I think that's it. So I appreciate you stopping by, and that's all I got for this episode. Angels are up next. We have the off day on Monday. Hopefully we can complete this series against the Angels and, and, and be in a better mood. It's a three-game set. Let's go sweep them. Let's not settle. Let's sweep. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time. All right. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.